Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Showtime. Love Talk Radio. It's the Late Show with Francie Weatherman. Cause we all want one 
and friends. Um, Nick, I got a, I got a, a, a special Christmas present for for you. He's wrapped up in a package, and I'm going to unveil it to you. Area code 916, you're live. Are you talking to me? I am talking to you. Well, Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. This is Reverend Bill McDonald. Uh, hi, Bill. I'm your Mr. Good evening. <laughs> uh, that's great. You know what? Um, Francie was, uh, like, um, telling me that um, uh, she's going to have somebody special that, that calls in, and I'll never be able to guess, and and you were one of my guesses. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that is true. He was like, is it Bill? And I'm looking at Freddie. I was like, mother. No. Yeah, I was thinking, uh, is it a, like an American veteran? Did he found the American like Authors Association? Is it Bill? I was specific. Ah, okay. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Well, just that surprise, that's all. Yeah, okay. So I I said that I I would come on if she wanted to hear a couple of Christmas stories from my life. I I think they were kind of uh, appropriate for tonight. I don't have much time, but I I can share those with you if you'd like. Uh, That that would be fantastic. It's really great to hear your voice and everything, too. I'm sorry I don't get out too much. Uh, And um, we, we should get together at some point. Truly, um, I'm just I'm a hermit, man. And you know, with all the everything that's happened the past few years with COVID and everything, uh, and I work at home with um, black bedsheet books and stuff. I don't need to go out. <laughs> I get Francie to go to the store for me. It's like so. I I mean, uh, but uh, we got to get together, man. Well, I've been kind of hibernating myself since uh, the COVID. I've had COVID twice, if you can believe that. Uh, oh, no, I, I read the, that on Facebook. Yeah, going to the VA, you know, going to the hospital, getting surgeries, I get COVID there. <laughs> it's like, what? So, wow. You know, hospitals there is no escape. Places. No, no, no. But anyway, so in December of 1969, when you were just a little one, if you were even then, maybe not. I don't know how old you are. But, I, I was four uh, years uh, old at the time, I think. Oh, I was nine. Well, well, actually, I was, I was back. Yeah, I was nine. I was back, back from Vietnam, out of the army, and my high school sweetheart uh, had graduated from Cal Berkeley, and uh, go Bears, right? And uh, <laughs> she, 
she was living in San Francisco with this other girl and, and on Twin Peaks, beautiful view of the city and everything. And they were executives at uh, Macy's store. Anyway, so I, uh, I, I tried to get back together with her, and I asked her to marry me about uh, ten times and got no for an answer. So I took that as a reason to go buy a wedding ring, of course. Too. When somebody tells you no ten times, you go buy a wedding ring, right? Uh, right. <laughs> I mean, that's just this is what you do. So I carried it with me, and I figured, well, I get this the opportunity when when everything is just lucky going. I right? just when my luck is good. So I went to her house. It was a December tenth, uh, and they would set up the Christmas tree in their front room, and they had eight hundred Christmas lights on it. They were that single strand of, uh, of wires. So if you had one light that was out or one light that had a short, the whole, all these hundred be off. So they, I don't know, they don't even make those anymore, but that was the deal. If you had a light out, the whole, the whole string was off. So I go there and they were frustrated. They were telling me the story. They had worked all day trying to get these lights to work. I mean, they put new bulbs in, they tweaked them, they did everything, they twisted them all. Nothing was working and lights were not on. I heard that. And I'm looking at both these, her and her roommate, and I go, that's no problem. You want me to fix it? And they just laughed. <laughs> and so without looking, I reached behind me backwards, and I grabbed one bulb on the tree, twisted, and all the lights come on. <laughs> and I said, there you go. And then she goes, oh, my God. So I figured I was lucky. So I got down on my knee, pulled out the ring, and asked her to marry me. And then, of course, she had to say yes because – she wanted some of that good luck, right? Anyway, that's how I got it. But wow. The I wanted, but the story I wanted to tell uh, was my son. My son just uh, a couple of years ago, believe it or not, my son's retired from the higher patrol. I'm old enough to have retired kids. Anyway, so when he first started, his one of his first year or so, he was working – the Golden Gate Bridge. He was uh, patrolling the Golden Gate Bridge of Marin County, Sausalito, Bill Valley, you know, up that way, uh, San Rafael. And he wanted to do something nice for me for Christmas. He wanted to buy me a gift. I said, oh, I got everything I need. Don't, don't buy me nothing. Part of a, of, of a, an experience, a story. Tell me a good story for Christmas. And he didn't understand what I'm saying. I said, eh, when it happens, you'll know. Just you know, share it with me. So, this is what he shared with me uh, Christmas Christmas Day when he got off work because he had to work Christmas Day. They called me up, but on Christmas Day he's he's just come off the Golden Gate Bridge and he's driving up uh, to Mill Valley on Highway 101, and he sees this young man uh, standing outside the road. And you know it's a highway; you can't be standing out there, right? He's breaking the law. The rain is coming down. This guy's soaking wet. He's miserable. He's cold. My son pulls off. He doesn't want to arrest this guy on Christmas Day, right? You know, it's Christmas Day. So he has the guy get in the back of the the, the police, you know, car. And but he takes his name and he runs it through the computer. And he finds out that he's on parole. That he just got out of jail like three weeks before or something like that. He'd been in San Quentin for three years. And if you know that area up there off 101, San Quentin is only like a couple of miles away from where he picked him up, right? 
So he gets right. out of jail. He has a place to go, and he's living on underneath the freeway, you know, and he's living. So my son's looking at that, feeling really bad about this kid. And the guy's about 20, young 20s, about his age. And he uh, he knows there's an address when he got arrested. There, there was an address of record. And he looks it up, and it was apparently his parents, the kid's parents. And it was in Mill Valley, a real rich neighborhood, about a mile away, according to his GPS thing. So he tells the kid, are these your parents? He goes, yeah, yeah. He says, but uh, I, I don't want to go there. He says, uh, they have, I haven't seen them in four years. I disappeared. I got in trouble. I had a, you know, They don't know I got arrested. They don't know I've been in jail. They don't know what's happened to me. Uh, he was selling drugs or doing something. And he, he says, I've been ashamed, you know. So he said, well, you just said, so without consulting his boss, because this is totally against the rules, you don't take somebody, a prisoner, take him to somebody's house and dump him, right? And so he, he drives to this house. He leaves the guy in the back of the vehicle, and he gets out, and he goes knocking on the door of his, this guy's parents' house. And the guy comes out, and my son talks to him, tells him the story, and then he gets his wife. His wife comes out there, and they're just, started to cry and everything. And they tell my son that they didn't know what happened to him. For four years, they've been worried about him. They've been praying to God. You know, they don't want nothing for Christmas, but they've been praying that they want it for their son. That's what they wanted on Christmas morning. They wanted it to, to hear about their son. And he says, well, I'll tell you what. I got him on the back of my car here. And they broke down. and just, oh, my God, that's all we want to know, right? So he goes and he opens up the door and the kid's, you know, reluctant to get out. But he, my son tells him, no, they're ready for you. So he walks over slowly. They run out. They grab They hug him. And they all celebrate. My son sits in the car and watches all of them cry. All of them are crying. And uh, so, my, so he, he tells me, he says, yeah. And he says, yeah. He says, Dad, he says, uh, that's, that's my gift to you. And I said, fantastic. So there's a story of a, of a, prodigal son returned home on Christmas morning to parents who wanted nothing more in life than to hear from their son Christmas gift. So there you go. That doesn't doesn't touch your heart. But imagine my son coming up with that, you know, on Christmas Day. So when he called me, it was just like, it was just beautiful for me. So the experience was good for their kid's parents. It was good for the kid. It was good for my son. It was good for me. And I've told that story and I recorded it and put it in my book and everything. It's been good for the people that hear it. So you never know when you do some good deed and you follow your heart, how many lives and how many hearts it'll touch. Exactly. Amen. <laughs> totally so agree. There you go. Like, yeah, that's, that, that's amazing. But uh, for both of you guys, I wish you guys both a happy Hanukkah. Which uh, I'm lighting candles tonight, I guess, and then there's Christmas. It's just a week away. Uh, I wish you and the people listening in the best of everything. And uh, I, I, I hope we will we will get together some again. I'm I'm doing events again. I'm going to. Uh, uh, I just did a free workshop in Santa Cruz, and then I and then I just did one here in El Grove, healing self healing workshops. And I'm doing one in Encinitas on the 7th of January that I was asked and invited to uh, 
go to India to give workshops and talks, and I'm going, ah, I, I don't want to go to the airports. Nobody wears a mask, you know, on an airplane with everybody coughing and everything. So I turned down this this, this uh, foundation, you know. I said, no, 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 we're going to take care of the expenses. I told myself, I'm concerned about being sick and getting there, and you know. So I'm going on on Carter. You know the way they had the, uh, the the soccer tournament for the world? Was that Carter, is that what it's called? Oh, yeah, I yeah. think so. I, yeah, something yeah. like that. Cutter, maybe. Cutter. Anyway, they got an airlines, and and I got a first-class ticket on that. And uh, I, I go, what? Because yeah, we bought this ticket. You won't have to worry about anything. You picked up at a limo, so it's out of San Francisco, but they're sending a limo from San Francisco to pick me up, take me to the airport. At the airport, I'm guided through. I don't have to go through security. I go through a private, small security thing for first class people. I go into a, into a, 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 a lounge that they have for that airlines uh, with all the free food you want, with the chef and everything, and games and computers and all that stuff, and then they guide you onto the airplane. And then you go on the airplane. I got a compartment with a door, with a bed, access to a shower. This is on the airplane. Access to the shower. What? That's crazy. Anything I want to eat, a book, anything I want to drink, they'll give me. Computers, televisions, movies, all that stuff. Pajamas, socks, slippers, uh, blankets, pillows. I mean, the whole thing, right? So... I just then I got a a a, a, lay, a short layover in where they had that where they had that soccer tournament today. They weren't finished up, whatever that city's called, the airport there. And then they got a they got a, a lounge there that's to die for you. I mean, it's just they got massages and I mean everything, right? So so then I I landed in India, you know, because it's like 15 hours to get to to Carter or Qatar, whatever it's called, Qatar. And then uh, and then it's another five hours to where I'm going in India. And then I'm picked up at a limo in uh, a driver in India and escorted to this guy's mansion <laughs> on Embassy Row uh, in, uh, in, in the Madras, which is now called what uh, Chennai. And, uh, and so it's just right down the street from the embassy. It's got a big wall around it. So unlike my normal uh, trips to India, my normal trips to India, I usually go and I stay in an ashram and backpacker hotels, and you know, and, uh, and I get sick, and uh, and I'm twenty dollars a night for a, a hotel is a big deal for me there, but I'm going first cabin, so, uh, and so I'm doing that, and then I'm then I'm coming back, I'm going to Salt Lake City, Utah, uh, that's paid for. It's all taken care of, uh, and I'm giving some talks there, and then I'm being flown to uh, uh, Syracuse, New York, and then to Boston, and then to North Carolina, and then to uh, Florida, and then to Texas, and then I'll come back, and that will be May. So I'm getting ready to take uh, my world tour on the road, and and I'm giving away these free workshops, uh, self-healing workshops, you know, everything from PTSD to real Injuries, diseases, mental, spiritual, physical, and uh, no money. Don't charge anybody a cent. And I'm just going around there, and people are kind enough to help me out. And so I'll be in England and Ireland and Scotland and Wales and 
in Germany, going over there for the, uh, the Invictus Games to help uh, military personnel <laughs> in Germany. So, oh wow! You guys, you guys caught me while I'm home during December. This is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're you're always busy, uh, and, and that's that's really a good thing too. I, I uh, like um, um, see your posts on Facebook and and a lot of the latest adventures of yours, whether it's health or whether it's like a, a, um, a, a veterans function, um, anything like that. But uh, I mean, you're a you're a, a not just a like I said, we should get together and everything. You're not just a friend of mine, and we have our own history. You're a, a Sacramento legend <laughs> with everything that you've done. It's not just, it's not even just a, a veterans thing. It's everything that you've done with the American Authors Association and all of your traveling and your lectures with, um, you know, all the phil- philosophical things that you have to um yeah, that 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 you uh, express to people, uh, um, all the whole nine yards. Um, you're a very learned person, and uh, um, and you know, um, I just I, I always salute you. You're just you know you're you're the Sacramento legend, <laughs> aren't you? I mean, you, I mean, black sheep. I can't be that. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I love you guys both. I wish you everything. I'm, I'm keeping. We love you, Bill. And, and Merry Christmas to both of you. God bless. Yes, and Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy, Hanukkah, happy holidays. Happy holidays. Yes, uh, indeed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a, it, It's a great surprise that that um, <laughs> you you came on and talked and shared your stories. That's a early Christmas surprise for you, honey. Yeah, thank you. It's great to hear from you. Thank you, Thank you, Bill. Nick always brags about you. You're one of his role models. He probably won't say it to your face, but trust me, you are. Oh, thank you very much. You guys are kind. God bless. Yes, God right, bless. We got another caller. We got another caller. Airy code uh, <coughs> really eight six four just. Oh no, no eight six four still here. Airy code eight six four. Oh wait, hold on. Airy code eight six four. Francie, you asked me to call and then you don't even know who I am. <laughs> How's it going, Chuck? It's Chuck Chapman. It's Chuck Chapman. Happy holidays, Chuck. I recognize that accent anywhere. (laughs) Hey, you know the thing about you, Chuck, is you're one of my favorite steaks. My favorite (laughs) steaks? I thought you said steaks for a minute. Yeah, steaks. Yeah, Yeah, Chuck steaks. steaks. Way down, I can tell you that. 
<laughs> also one of my favorite authors. We go we go from um, flying on private jets to driving a 2003 expedition with a junky trailer behind it. So, at the class level of the show, just got dramatically. Hey man, I had an O2 expedition. Those trucks are the bomb. Oh, they're they're great travel vehicles. I mean, that's where we do all the band travel and I do my horror con travel and all because right they'll, on. they'll hold so much stuff and you know you can put. Oh my like God! Did you got the five point seven or the four point three? Oh, Mister Five Point Seven. Yes, yeah, so I get like. Yeah, that's um, what I had in mind, man. That thing was a 12, beast. Yeah, twelve gallons per mile. Yeah, you don't get real good gas mileage out of them, but they do perform well. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's my world touring vehicles. <laughs> um, <laughs> the class level just went way down. <laughs> well, that, hey, that, that's right, though. Doesn't, you can still go on uh, touring style, though. I mean, my idea of first-class accommodations is when I actually stay in a hotel instead of sleeping on someone's floor or sofa. So. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, you, you gotta do. Uh, hey, I've slept in the back of eighteen wheelers a lot of you know, I've been a freelance mover for most of my adult life. That makes you feel any better. We learned how to make hammocks out of the straps and furniture. It was really great. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's being being a touring musician or author or even worse both is is a lot like being a circus performer. <laughs> oh yeah. Got a big, got a big for your peanuts like the monkeys, right? Yeah, I think we're we're a step above Carney, so. yeah. <laughs> and and not a very big step at that. Yeah. Well, at least they ain't throwing poop at each other. So. Well, <laughs> yeah. it depends on the mood. Yeah, it depends <laughs> on the mood. Yeah. It depends on the club. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, well, I'm a beer bottle or two. Oh, no. I mean, nothing, nothing says excitement like your good old-fashioned bar fight anyways. <laughs> you know, when you go in and they have a chain-link fence in front of the stage, you know it's going to be a, a good crowd. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, especially they let you know, too, as a friendly reminder that they play both country and western. <laughs> yeah, that did remind me of the Blues Brothers. Yep. <laughs> hey, y'all are back. I lost y'all for a couple minutes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. If if we go in and they're playing Merle Haggard on the jukebox, I know we're in trouble. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. It's amazing what some idiots will fight over. You know. <laughs> You, know, but you, you had all those happy stories and the inspirational stuff and, mm-hmm. you know, the wonderful world traveling things and redemption stories, and then you want me. I said, wow, that, that's <laughs> definitely a step down. <laughs> yeah, oh, Bill McDonald yeah, but... is, is, uh, is, is really, he's a, he's a cool guy. Had a very eclectic life, and everything. But you are too, though. You, Chuck, with your touring. Yeah, and your I'm the steak. Empire, 
it. I'm the anti-heel. He has this. He has this wonderful stuff going on, and I just have this bizarre stuff going on. Yeah, but bizarre is great. I mean, yeah. He was singing the praises of Salt Lake City, and honestly, in my new book, I have a short story about the Salt Lake City airport where my character goes ballistic and kills people. So, based nice. based on true experience. So. Ah, <laughs> you're the guy that did that. It's on the news last night. No. I said based on Oops. true experience. <laughs> it, it's not what happened. It's what in my mind I wish had happened. <laughs> ah. Well, that's what writing is all about. <laughs> yeah, that was, my oh, once, yeah. that was my once and hopefully only time in Salt Lake City Airport. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. think of it like this. I mean, when it comes when it comes to the airports, it can always be worse. Um, oh God! I remember uh, years ago, I was traveling through uh, South America, and um, we ended up having to, you know, we left Colombia, and then we got stopped over in uh, Panama because um, there was a suspected drug dealer on on the plane, and you know. One of those most eye-opening experiences, stepping off the plane to see uh, armed guards with machine guns uh, standing at the terminal and, you know, walking past and just going, Buenos dias, buenos dias, uh, soy americano, buenos dias. (laughs) (laughs) Is Francie like feeding the cats or something? I keep hearing her in the background, but she's not on the phone. Oh, there you are. Okay. Yeah, it's almost, yeah, I'm not used to hearing you be this quiet. Are you okay, Francie? Um, I got a little back pain, but I'm I'm hanging in there, guys. Okay. Well, that's good. Hey, um, yeah, I'm 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 here. Okay. You know what? One of my favorite Christmas songs is, is "Have Yourself a Hairy Little Krishna." That's a great song. Just thought I'd say that. You know what was the number one? Let's face it. What's the number one gift that you guys wanted for Christmas? I keep asking Santa Claus for the Mega Millions or Powerball ticket, and the bastard doesn't bring it to me. So I'm not believing in him no more. <laughs> well, that's one well, way of doing it. Bring me money. I know I'm gonna sell, fucker. I want some money. You know I don't need no clothes. I can buy my own clothes. <laughs> oh. I know. I know I'm gonna show my age on this one, but I wanted the Shogun Warriors Godzilla figure. You know that has the uh, the rocket firing fists and everything else. <laughs> mm. never, I'm older than you. I don't even remember that one. So. Yeah, yeah, I know what I want for Christmas. I want Lake Mead and the Euphrates River to get their water back, so uh, Christ doesn't have to come back yet. That's good. That works for me too. Yeah, oh, because it, it, there's a prophecy about the Euphrates, uh, um, like draining, and uh, it it is, um, and also Lake Mead too. They're finding skeletons. 
the bottom of that thing. Yeah, just put the water back so everybody can be happy and ride their boats again. <laughs> What's that? that was, yeah. And and world hunger, world 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 hunger is a big thing to issue too. Well, we're gonna take a break because this is the only thing I want. And the Ukraine. Oh. 
<laughs> um, Ooh, you have my utmost protection. <laughs> yeah, you know, mainly the poetry, because uh, as I just um, described her, you know, it's got the poetry, the song lyrics, and then the short stories. And I told, you know, what I was telling her is the difference is that stories come from your imagination. Songs come from your emotions, or at least they emotions, but the poetry comes from the dark recesses of your psyche. Oh, wow. Wow. Are any of those songs in that book, um, the lyrics, are they recorded? All of them are. I, I didn't put any. Oh, all of them there. are. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, they were on um, actually some of my older band's things, but most of the songs on the most recent two records are on there. Cause I was uh, I was kind of thinking that maybe um, you could do like a special edition of that book that includes a CD with one of those songs on it. Inserted into the pages, you know, just you know, and um, and signed. If you want to, we will definitely do that. Yeah, I was. Uh, I, I'm not sure. I've never done that before, but I think it's a good idea. <laughs> However, way it works. A little, yeah, I know they can do the little plastic inserts because I've gotten books before that had CDs with them. So I think they make a little plastic insert that can be sewn into the um, binding and stuff, and you just insert the CD in there. But that, that's my wonderful publisher's part to figure out. <laughs> yeah, I'll try to figure that out. That might, that, that might be a little um, um, education for me in that direction. And I, do, and I do still have the guy working on putting together the audio book for Family Man. So, I mean, you know, we got it recorded months ago, but he's kind of doing <coughs> it. It's taken a while. But hopefully that will be together soon for you as well. So. Oh, that'd be cool. Nice, nice, yeah. nice. Yeah. And I know yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Francie me to talk about depression, so I know that's depressing, but – um. And I've never really done that publicly other than what little bit we spoke about it last week. But I know she mentioned that this time of year is really tough on a lot of people, and she made a really great point because it really is. I mean, while most people are celebrating and thinking, you know, loving family and talking about it being, you know, the most wonderful time of the year, for a lot of people it's actually the most terrible time of the year. Um and it's not only just the people that don't have anyone to celebrate with, although I'm sure it is that a lot. But there's people that do have families that you just don't know what's going on inside them because depression is not like something you can see usually. It's something that depressed people keep hid very well. So I I, I totally I I totally uh, appreciate the fact that you're talking about this. Well, it's not easy. I mean, it's something that I hid for probably 30 years, 25 years, something like that. I would, I made no efforts other than, you know, I mean, I'm a Christian, and in spite of some of the stuff I write, um, and I always thought, okay, I can heal this through prayer. God can take care of this, and I'm not saying that he can't, but at the same time, 
almost every miracle that Jesus performed, he asked something of the person that he was performing the miracle for. And I think sometimes some of the healing that God does today is done with medication and um, maybe with therapy or whatever. I think you have to do something to facilitate that healing. I don't think that healing most of the time is just going to be a miraculous healing. I think most and it's going to be something where you have to facilitate that healing. And, you know, I'd just like to encourage anybody that if anybody's listening, you know, talk to your medical doctor, talk to someone you trust. Um, I know there's a stigma around it because, like I said, I hid behind it for 25 years. And honestly, I've just in the past couple of years been willing to even tell my friends and family about it. And this is the first time that I've ever spoken in a public forum about it. And and I appreciate you. I, I appreciate you going to talk to us about this because I didn't know my younger brother was going through it, and he's he. I texted my mom and me, and he's like, "I already took the medication. Um, I've been dealing with this for so many years, and we had no idea he was going through it." So for you to yeah. speak out and on that. Yeah, most of the time. Yeah, really, Chuck. You know, when you got a, when you get to a point where you got a, a place that in life where people are, will listen to you and you speak out about something to try to help others. You know, and you coming against the stigma that you speak of, man. Really, kudos to you for speaking up. Well, hey, it's not easy, but I do feel like at this point, and I mean, it's not like I'm some big star or anything that can make a huge difference. But if one or two people listening tonight can go, hey, you know, that's me. I know I know what he's talking about. I know where he's coming from. Or, you know, that's my spouse or that's my friend or brother, my, you know, sibling. Right on. Then maybe that'll help. And, I mean, the thing is get help. Ask for help. It's okay. And, yeah, there's going to be people that do not understand, even though there's been a big mental health push in the past few years. It's nowhere near where it needs to be, and people still think it's something you can just get over, and it's not. It's like telling somebody to get over cancer or get over diabetes or get over Very true. drug addiction or whatever. And it, well, I mean, cancer and diabetes, you know, you're, you're kind of stuck there without a miraculous cure or major, major intervention. But, you know, if, you're, if you had that, wouldn't you go to a doctor and try to get help? You know, would you go, oh, I can fix this myself? No, you wouldn't. But people with no. depression often think, I can fix this myself. And you can uh, do it. It's, it's the uh, double-edged was... sword of, of the uh, of the factor, you know. I mean, you know, we, 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 all, we think we can do it ourselves, but we don't realize that we're actually digging ourselves deeper into the rabbit hole along the way more times than not. And it is an illness. I mean, it's not an emotional thing. Now, you can be depressed. There's a big difference, you know, because people can go, well, I've been depressed before. There's a difference between being depressed and having depression. Being depressed is when you, you know, something bad happens in your life, you lose your job, you have a breakup, a divorce, you know, a, a family member passes away, something like that. That's common and that's normal. 
and you do, at least to a point, get over it. You know, time does heal those wounds, and, you know, eventually that that feeling goes away. But if you think about what did you feel when you had that feeling, you know, what did it feel like when your dog died? What did it feel like when your parent died or when a friend moved away or you got divorced or you broke up with your boyfriend, girlfriend that you thought you would be with forever? You know, think, what what did you feel like then? Well, that's what depressed people feel like all the time. Wow. It's not, Bingo. It's, it's not a reaction to something. It is it is you. It is what is going on inside you at all times. And I mean, I can Man, get on the stage. Man, I'm so your number one show right now because you just, like, blew everybody's minds, honestly. <laughs> you summed it all up. And, you know, and when you and I, we talked after the show, and, you know, my brother didn't go through it, but, you know, you kind of let me know he's going to do it again. And yeah, he's gonna, that kind of sucks. If he, doesn't, if he doesn't get help, he is going to do it again. And maybe it's a cry for help. Maybe he seriously tried to kill himself. Maybe he really didn't. It doesn't matter. You can't go, oh, he's just trying to get attention. Maybe he is trying to get attention, but you need to give him that attention. And more. And it's not like, oh, like he just needs affection or he needs, you know, to talk to somebody. He needs to actually get real help. I mean, he needs, whether it's medication, counseling, a combination of both. I mean, it took me almost a year to get my medication regulated to the point that it actually helped most of the time. Still days where I have trouble getting out of bed. I mean, you just don't want to face the world. It's just the hardest thing in the world is just to get up, get dressed, get out of the bed, get out into the real world. I mean, there's still times when I'll go through a drive-through and eat in the parking lot because I can't bring myself to go into a restaurant and be alone. Um, wow. Yeah. I, I'm sure and you're I'm, hearing the pings. There, I'm, I'm getting a lot of messages for this conversation, and everything is saying, Chuck, you got this. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you hear no, the pings. You know, I'm okay now. I, I, I do have another caller, and Chuck, I, I do want to speak with you more on this because I do want to know how to approach my brother. Freddie, look at my two brothers. How was I the same one? Hey, um, area code 916. Hey, it's Deb. Mm-hmm. Hi. Hey, Deb. Hi. Hi, Deb. Wow, I I came in on a heavy subject here. That, that, I that's just caught the tail end. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Hi, Deb. You're welcome to Happy Hi. Holidays. Happy yeah. Holidays. <laughs> what's What's going on? Um, well, uh, it's Christmas not, not time next week, one week away. Right. I know. Are you guys ready? No. Are you guys ready? Somewhat. Are we ever ready for Christmas? 
I still have to do a no. little bit of shopping yet. That's about it. Mm-hmm. And grocery shopping. <laughs> yeah, so, well, I, I, I talked. Uh, uh, oh, go ahead. Well, I, 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 I was saying, I found a great solution to work the crowd control at the mall if you have to do any last minute shopping. <clears throat> okay, what is it? <laughs> Well, if, if the line looks really ridiculous for the cash register, look uh-huh. at the opposite side of the look at the opposite side of the store, and scream, "Oh my God, it's Justin Bieber!" Oh, God. <laughs> you're really so Justin Bieber. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I was Justin Bieber still hit. People really want hey, to see Justin Bieber. You guys are going to so, uh, uh, my area code. I think my mom's calling in to wish me a Merry Christmas. Oh, cool. Why would anybody want to pay attention to Justin Bieber? I know. I, right? I have no, I I have have no idea, but uh, it works. <laughs> All right, this is either my dad's sister or my mom. Area code 803, your life. Hey, uh, Merry Christmas it's from your Aunt Ruth. Hey, Ruth. Mm-hmm. Hey. Hi, Aunt Ruth. <laughs> Happy holidays, Ruth. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. You do Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. It's so good to hear from you, and every time I hear from you, I cry because. Oh, well, I love you. I haven't seen you in a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's my, and you, you notice I always say, it's my dad's sister. Yeah. <laughs> where does she live? Where is she from? South. I'm from. Where is she from? South Carolina. She's from South Carolina. <laughs> ah. <laughs> There we I'm are. Making a joke. <laughs> it's great Stop to talk here. to y'all. Hope everybody has a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. you. Okay, y'all take care. Okay, you Thank you. Okay. Love you too. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Wow, the tears okay. just streamed down my face. Honestly, no, right. can you she ever say really that sweet. I have a South Carolina <laughs> accent again? She's, she's sweetheart. She's sweetheart. Can you ever really it's, say it's that not, I have a South Carolina not accent? Not my stepdad's picture. That's my South Carolina accent, Chuck. You can't get away from it. I don't sound like... Yeah, he's in South Carolina, Chuck. Hey, Chuck. <laughs> Hey, it all comes back to Carolina. <laughs> well, that's the way to do it, though. I mean. She's in Lexington, though. That was kind of cool that she called in. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that was no, cool. See, I mean, isn't it fun we get the old? All the friends and family together like this. I mean, that that's the fun part of the holidays. Mm-hmm. All right. Hold on. 
Hey, you know what I'm saying? Sometime in the near future, since Reverend Bill was saying Happy Hanukkah so much, you ought to play that Hanukkah song. No. <laughs> I was going to play I was gonna play the 12 Pains of Christmas. What do you want first? You going to do that one first? What do you want to yeah, do first? I know what you should play, Francie. You should play I've Got Dogs Cooking in the Microwave. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. Charity. She's a witch, I hate her. Five months of 
been no happy people. Oh, who's got the chair that takes Turn a flashlight on your fumes! Singing Christmas Carol, Dale TV special. Batteries not included. No parking. Shut up, you! Fine, you're so smart. You'll wake up the light. Wow, there that was go. great. <laughs> Yay! That's funny. Come on, let's do it. That's what it's all yeah, about. I love it. When it <laughs> Put your right leg in. Anyway. <laughs> Definitely spot on. <laughs> well, Merry Christmas, you guys. Yeah. Have a good Merry night. Christmas, Merry Christmas, I hope you I hope you get we everything you, you asked for. We love seeing you. Yeah, I love you every, guys. Yeah, we we love seeing you. You're Yeah. It's like, hey Debbie's here. Ah hugs. <laughs> Uh, okay, you guys take care. All right. You too. We'll, we'll, we'll see you next year. All righty. Take care. Bye. Okay. Um, Chuck, there's something I want. I, I, I honestly want to say to you that you kind of gave me the best Christmas present ever as to. You you after the show last week and I was like oh no I want to talk to Chuck more. You talk to me more and you're telling me that how to reach out to my brother and I really appreciate that. Oh sure no problem I mean it's like I said I've I've been there <laughs> I mean I still get there on a regular basis um it's it's another thing you know it's just like alcoholism or drug use or whatever it's not anything you ever get completely over it's not everything you ever completely recover from you just get better and it's you know every day it's a day and it's a struggle to get through each day your goal is okay let's go another day let's let's make it another day let's try to make this day better than yesterday and that's kind of what you do I mean, people ask me on a regular basis, how do you get up in front of people and do, you know, the acting, the comedy stuff, the music and all? And I tell them because I'm much more comfortable on a stage than I am out in the real world. Um, The real world scares me. If I'm on a stage, I'm in my element because I don't have to be me anymore. I can be something different. I can be somebody different. And a lot of people don't have a lot of people don't have that escape. You know, a lot of people don't have the way to, and, you know, I've even jokingly said before, you know, when people said, how can you do such violent things in your book? I said, it's to keep me from doing them in real life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, don't know that that part is true, but the part about the stage part and all, it really is. I mean, it, but, I mean, I think most people with depression, they're an actor, whether they know it or not, because, like I said, you you put on a face, you put on a mask to hide behind for your friends, your family, your coworkers, whoever you have to deal with, um, because you can't show that. You know, you can't show that face to everybody. 
you're ashamed of it, you're confused, it. and you know the only way to get through. I mean, for me, it was medication, and I fought it for twenty plus years. Um, you know why do that? Wow. Like I said, if you had a illness or disease, you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't. Well, maybe if you had alcoholism, but you know if you had, you know, like I said, cancer or you know. Um, emphysema or, you know, anything else, you would say, okay, I want to get treatment, COVID. You know, you want treatment, you want something to make it better. So, so if you're suffering from depression, you need to get something to make it better. And like I said, for different people, for me, medication helped a lot. Did it make it go away? No, but it helped it be more manageable. Um, for a lot of people, therapy helps a lot. For me, therapy didn't really do much for me. Um, but for a lot of people, it does, and you kind of have to feel, you have to find what helps you, what works for you. There is no tried and true, okay, this is what you need. You need 25 milligrams of Welbutrin. You know, it's not that simple. You might need 25 milligrams of Welbutrin. You might need 100 milligrams of Welbutrin. You might be like me and need Welbutrin and Lexapro. <laughs> you know, like I said, for some people, you may yeah. just need therapy even need medication you may just need therapy and for some people you may need both i mean the big thing is admitting you know just like everything else admit you have the problem and then do something about it and realize that there is no quick fix and there is really no permanent solution you know barring a miracle and miracles do happen like i said i believe in god i believe in miracles do happen but i also believe that more often than not you have to make those things happen and you're still probably don't need to expect a miracle you just need to expect improvement and strive for improvement wow. like this today better than yesterday let's make tomorrow better than today um you know wow. there's there's been so many times that you know i've literally prayed when i went to bed prayed not to wake up um wow there's been times when that, I... That's, that's what my when, brother was asking, that he does not want to wake up. Yeah. It's, again, oh, yeah. it's calm. And I meant, like I said, I, I hope there's somebody out there listening that has... Well, actually, I hope there's not anybody that's experienced that, but more than likely <laughs> there is. And if there's somebody listening that has experienced that, just A, no, you are not alone. There, we're millions strong or millions weak, however you want to look at it. Um, you're not alone, even though it feels like you're the only one in the world that's experiencing this, even though it feels like you're the only one in the world that can understand you're not there's tons of us that can, and I'm always, if anybody that's struggling with depression, that's struggling with um, anxiety, mainly depression, I do have some anxiety too, but mine's mainly depression. I have two forms of depression, and and there's multiple forms. I think there's four or six, according to who you, which studies you look at, and some may even be more than that, but, um, you know, I'm always, hit me up, hit me up on Instagram, hit me up on Facebook, hit me up on Twitter. I don't care. Hit me up on my website. I'm always hmm. willing to talk to people. Where do, where do they find you? And Chuck, you do know that, I mean, I got to tell you, Nick loves you. You can hit him up anytime. And you better <laughs> hit me up anytime. Yep, indeed. Well, like I said, now, most of the time, 
I'm I'm okay. Most of the time I'm okay now. Um, there's times I'm not, but most of the time I am. And to me, at this point, I would rather be there for people who aren't okay. And yeah. again, know that it's okay to not be okay. I know people have heard that or whatever, but you know you're not alone and you're not a freak. Or if you are, there's many of us out there joining the family. Um, and I'm there. You know, anybody, I don't care if you know me, I don't care if you've ever heard of me, I don't care if you like my books, hate my books, like my music, hate my music, don't care. Um, if I can do something to make you feel better. And, you know, sorry, help. Bad I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no. ChubbWChapman.com, ChubbWChapman on Instagram, ChubbWChapman on Twitter, ChubbWChapman Entertainer on Facebook. And I'm not. I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, um, Chuck, you and I, we we had a conversation in our last the last show Sunday night, and. You know, you you were touching on this, and I was like, no, you and I, can we talk? Because, you know, <laughs> you introduced me to a lot of the stuff that's going on and with my brother and everything, and, you know, I wanted to hit the bottle. Mom, 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 mom. And, you know, sometimes but people with depression will... Depression can lead to alcoholism. Depression can lead to drug oh. addiction. Because you yep. want to get away. It's just like you want to get away. Whatever can make you feel better at all for a few minutes. You want to try to do that. And a lot of people go to drugs or alcohol. Um, you know, we may be going into even more dangerous territory. Hey, Merry Christmas, everybody. But um, I, I actually went to sex. I meant, you know, I never, when I was, well, I'm back on tour now, but I got I was out of it for about 15 years. But when I was on tour, I never did the sex and drugs. I mean, I never did the drugs, but I did the sex and rock and roll. <laughs> and, and but I mean, I look I back that. now. I look back now and know though that that was my addiction. That was my escape. That was me proving to myself that I was worth something. I put my self worth in how many girls. I could bet how many girls showed that they wanted me, how desirable I thought that I was to, to girls. That was my escape. That was my, okay, you hate yourself, but, hey, these good-looking girls like you, so that makes it better. Mm. You know, so, I mean, but, again, it, all it was was an escape. All it was was an addiction of its own. You know, thank God I didn't go to alcohol or drugs, but it's not like I didn't go anywhere engaged in dangerous behavior. And by the grace of God, he protected me from ever getting any diseases or anything terrible. But, you know, it was God's grace. It surely wasn't my intelligence or my smarts. <laughs> but it wasn't, it wasn't just, you know, it wasn't just, you know, hey, I want to see how many of these I can do or I think I'm God's gift to women or anything. Literally, it was me trying to prop up my self-worth. Yeah. Wow. And I think you see that a lot. You, that's why you see these girls with guys that treat them like crap, you know, hit them, 
you know, talk down to them and stuff, or guys with girls like that. It happens both ways. It's because they're, they their self-worth is hung up in that other person because they feel so worthless themselves. And again, I am not a psychotherapist. I am professional. I am you, not a doctor. You, 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 know, honestly, you should go on tour. Honestly, I got a new job for you. Uh, you should be a professor at a university and saying this is how it is because honestly, I just learned so much from you in like 30 minutes. Well, like I said, I, you know, what? I, the only reason I'm doing this is because experience life. You know, if I can help someone that's going through it, but also I would like to help people understand what it is. Because I don't think most people, I mean, I know when when I told my mom that I was taking medicine for depression, the first words out of her mouth was, what do you have to be depressed about? (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. The $10 million question. Right. You know, and like I said, no, I'm not depressed. I have depression. There is a difference. <laughs> and I don't think people understand. A lot of people just think so. I can't say. What's going on? Because. Yeah, but, but, I think, uh, Chuck, I, you're, you are so full of knowledge and, you know, um, yeah. I got to tell you, my my dad, when my dad passed away, I was in California. He was in South Carolina, Columbia. And I got a message on my answering machine. It was my mom. Hey, David just passed away. I fell to the floor. You know, it's like, and I went to work at 7 a.m. the next day. And then when Scotty Oh, I said his name, didn't I? Am I still here? Yeah, you're still there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. So. Um. So, Scooty, <laughs> my younger brother, he was saying that he took the pills. Uh, he's gonna go to bed, and he, and I just hit the floor. I was like, "What the f?" <laughs> Why did he not talk to me before? And I'm like, Scotty, why won't you? I said his name. It's hard. Why won't you? I hit the floor and, you know, it was kind of like a brief because it was a brief and I was like, what? And I hit the floor. I was like, no, no, no. Tears were falling. And I was like, seriously? He's he just killed himself and then my phone died and i'm trying to contact my bosses uh and i was like hey my my bro just uh you know he's gonna kill himself um can i have tomorrow off you know and like what's going on and you know and and he's like, my phone got hacked, and it's like, no, your phone did not get hacked. You posted that, he, and he was telling me, he's like, um, yeah, I just wanted mom to make 
it makes me feel better. So what do I do with that? You know, he was obviously at an extremely low point. He had kind of hit a really bad spot, and, you know, that's why he reached out, because normally you won't reach out. That's why it's so important for you to reach out to him, especially now that you know, because yeah. it'll it'll happen again. I mean, it, that's not something that comes once and goes away. I said, unless there's a reason for him to be depressed, if something bad has happened or whatever, um, you know, if that's the case, it may be the only time it happens. But if but if this is something he's really struggling with, then it's going to happen again. And you know, maybe he will go through with it next time. So don't don't let it lie. You really need to pursue it and you know make sure that he knows. And don't just say I'm there for you because. <laughs> It's no, really so I told him, you piece of shit. <laughs> Do you know what you did to me? I had to call my boss. <laughs> yeah, that was probably a bad thing to say, right? <laughs> but, I mean, you know, don't just say, hey, I want to let you know I'm there for you because it really means nothing. Even if you really mean it from the bottom of your heart, it doesn't mean anything to the person you're telling it to. You have to reach out and say, okay, let's talk about this. I understand what you're going through. Let's talk about it. You know, and if he doesn't want to talk about it, then you talk about it. Hey, I have a friend that told me what it's like. I get what you're experiencing. I don't feel it myself. I can't know exactly, but I have an idea. Let's get you some help. You know, you have to put the issue in general. You know, in general, people just gotta, say, you got to take the initiative. Say, right, right, because in general, people are just going to say, you're going to go, hey, I know you're, you know, let me, you know, I'm there for you. And they're going to go, oh, thank you. I appreciate that. And that's what, that's it. Boom. Conversation over. Nothing happens. Um, you have wow, to take the initiative. Make sure. This is turning into a very powerful show. <laughs> Yeah, you know, but uh, but worthwhile because I mean I love it. Yeah, very. I mean, I promise, I'll, I promise I'll be more cheerful and happy next time we talk. Uh, no, you're always cheerful and happy, and actually, you're cheerful and happy, and you're giving us great advice. Well, it's something I love that it. You know, it's something that is really close to my heart because I said it's me. I've experienced it. I do experience it. I know, and it breaks my heart to know that other people are. Um, you know, I had, I had a family member. Uh, I, I'll, I'll try to do better than than Francie and of any names, but that was literally cutting, you know, cutting herself because she was hurting so bad inside. You know, and that's what it is. I mean, I've I've self harmed. I never cut myself, but I've self harmed. And you think people are just crazy? Uh, uh, you know. If they hit themselves, or if they cut themselves, or if they do um, ridiculous things, things, you think, oh well, they're just crazy, or you know, they're just trying to show out. No, you cause yourself pain on the outside to take away and distract from the pain on the inside. Yep. Yeah. I my uh, my eldest uh, goddaughter went, went through that uh, as well too, 
thank God, you know, she got the uh, the help that was needed. And you know, these days, uh, you know, she's a she's a proud mom of uh, you know three kids and full career and you know everything else. But uh, you know, she's every once in a while it'll pop up on the Facebook memory and she'll uh, you know she'll actually share it as well too and say you know this this is the hell that I went through and that I've endured. And this is not the way to fix it. It's not, but a lot of times, like I said, you feel so alone that everything is, you feel like you have to handle everything. You have to try to fix yep. it. And like I said, the yep. only way you feel sometimes like you can fix it is either A, try to escape it, whether it be through an addiction or through suicide or else hurt yourself enough that the exterior pain cancels out the interior pain. The problem is it never does. Right. But it's your addiction. you got to fix it. you got to fix it. And you're going to drink into addiction. I agree with that one. Well, that's what I've got. And, I mean, you know, there's the suicide hotline. Make sure, you know. Um, no, I'm not going to commit suicide. No, no, but I mean, share it with people that are thinking, you know, because there are people that think about it on a regular basis. Like I said, there was day, uh, there's times I did for every day for months. There's times I still do. Um, you know, like I said, you never, it, I don't know if you ever get over it. I mean, I can't say you never do because some people probably do, but most people don't ever completely get over it. But there, there's people out there that can help, and if you prefer to be anonymous, if you don't want to, um, you know, if you don't want to take it with a family member or someone you trust or whatever, which I think better. But um, but there's online suicidepreventionlifeline.org, um, and of course the suicide hotline that people can. You know, actually, you can call and talk to someone, and it's completely anonymous. Um, it's just, I think it's just like a um, star 988 on cell phones and stuff. Um, That's and the important the thing to do. Yeah, especially this time of year. You know, it, it, yeah. it feels so, uh, overwhelming. Yeah, so just do, you know, like I said, if, you, if you're experiencing it, do what you need to do. Reach out to someone. If you know someone who's experiencing it, then you need to reach out to them and you need to push the issue. Yep. And as far as going to say, that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Chuck. <laughs> Now, unless unless someone has any questions or whatever, we can talk about happier things. <laughs> I I've been so yeah. deep in the. Oh, we did have several callers. I was so deep in the, the talking to you. I lost a lot of callers. So I'm so sorry. Oh, tell them to call we back. Oopsies. Yeah, my bad. I'm sorry. 
Um, let's call it a night. Okay, we can do that. Well, let, let's, well, let's talk about happy and cheery and leave the show on a higher note. Gosh, I feel like I brought everything down. You know what? I I, I have I got one that's not it's a little bit of happy, cheery, but also funny and silly along the way. How's that? Is that a fair enough compromise? It um, works for me. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> Police stop my car. Police stop my car. The police made me stop. Walk a straight line and blow a balloon up. Police stop my car. Police stop my car. The police made me stop. Walk a straight line and blow a balloon up. They wanna wish me a sober Christmas. That's why they always put me over Christmas. They say they're just making sure that there's no open bottles in my car. They wanna wish me a sober Christmas. That's why they always put me over Christmas. They say they're just making sure that there's no open did anybody just hear my chair squeak? I'm, I'm, yeah. No, I, thought that was, I thought that was a fart. You know what? <laughs> no, that was, that was my funny. chair. I gotta ask you one. I gotta ask you one more. What, what would that be? Sue fucking dent? <laughs> hey, Francie, you know who else is here? Sue. Sue fucking dent. Sue dent. Yeah. <laughs> you wanna ever say hello? <laughs> I gotta find her first. Uh, she must have stepped out for a minute. But Sue fucking Dent is here tonight. Yeah. Who do we have on tonight? We have Sue fucking Dent is on tonight. <laughs> we have Sue fucking Dent tonight. If she ever comes on, is she on? Here, here, here. Yeah, she's here. She's too busy talking in the chat room. I'm chatting. I'm chatting. Just waiting for the fireworks. Okay, what what just happened? Oh, Chuck, we're, I, I, I thought I blew the show. <laughs> I didn't blow the show because I really no, wanted to have serious conversation with you. No, I, I, I mean, I thought, I, I thought it was great. I mean, I hope, like I said, I hope it helped people. Uh, you you did a fantastic freaking job, and I'm so sorry. I thought I burnt the show. I mean, you let your listeners decide that. You know, if if you had good numbers, if you had people listening, then you didn't blow the show. I, I, I want to make sure that you, I'm more important. <laughs> I'm more interested no, I I, in if you thought that I had a good show. Like I said, I did do whatever. I've been I mean, dealing with some backache pain. 
And yeah. I've taken no pain um, medication. Well, who, I mean, what does Nick, what did Nick think and what do, I mean, was that William who was on there with us? I didn't even get. No, it's just you and I. No, I meant who was on the show. Uh, William, Nick, Freddie, Freddie, say hi. Or right. hey, what's up? Okay. So, so are we still live? Are we not live? What's going on? Uh, I think we're in the after party. So they're gonna hear this tomorrow. Oh, okay. Actually, yeah, I, didn't even... I loved what you said tonight, and you gave me a huge perspective on my brother last week, and you gave me a huge perspective on him tonight. He's telling my mom that him and his wife are still together, and he's showing me that he's having Thanksgiving dinner alone. Well, I mean, and if that's the case, you know, I tell my mom um, he's not with his wife, and he's trying to convince her that he is, and I'm like, no, mom. Well, but I mean, that's not necessarily, you know, I mean, he may be telling your mom that to protect her feelings or to protect her, you know, so honor that. What? Maybe that's, I should hang up because we're we're still recording. Can um, can you call me? Because we're still recording, and I don't want to hurt my mom's feelings. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, we can talk about that later. Okay. Okay. Um, we can talk about other things now if you want. If you want to call me in about five seconds. <laughs> You're just not in a party mood tonight, are you? I just killed your party mood. You were playing all these festive, funny songs, and then then I just destroyed the mood. No, 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 you didn't. No. No, I didn't. He didn't destroy anything. He got me an understanding of my brother's mind. I want to dig deep into my... I want to dig deep in my brother's mind. Well, you can only do as much as he will let you do, but you need to reach out as much as you can and, like I said, make it more than just saying, hey, I'm there for you. Really dig, you know. I mean, again, I don't want to go to too much detail if we're on the air and stuff, but we can talk more detail later, but Yeah. I wish you'd taken callers. I mean, gosh, you see callers coming in. I always take callers. You don't want to don't worry about interrupting me. Okay, the worst thing in radio, dead air. We can't have dead air. William, are you still there? Or is it just me and Francie? Did I lose everybody? 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.